Okay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby. And KT. And we are back with another episode with a long-time podcast and just regular friend, Haven. We got Haven back on the show. Well, hello, guys. Hello, everyone. Thank you. It's been like a good probably two years since the last time. Yeah. Maybe even longer since the last time I've been able to talk to y'all. So, hi. For those who don't know, I am Haven, uh, a professional derelict and deviant, but for right now, a podcaster. Um that you guys can check out. It's called Where It Counts Pod. I'm on YouTube, SoundCloud, all that stuff. Um, and also you can find me on Twitter yelling at people. Oh, yeah. My Twitter handle is Haven the Haitian um, on there. Definitely hit her up. Um, I'm so sorry. We're going to plug ourselves. KT, you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at KT underscore does art. Gabby at Gabbeats Music. And all of our social medias have changed to at Building Our PWR. Wherever you can find a podcast, hit us up, Building Our Power. All right, so there has been some drama, obviously. Uh, in today's world, we are basically seeing some some really crazy stuff going on, especially surrounding white supremacists. Uh, just a normal day in America, basically. But um, there was something, Haven, that you posted on Twitter. And so I'd like to read a little bit of it and then kind of like, I guess, hear you guys' actual thoughts on it in real time, so to speak. Basically, Haven posted a, a video um uh, of white supremacists 20 hours ago basically saying fuck Antifa over and over and over. Haven said, y'all do not understand. These people are never going to be like, oh, there's no one counter protesters. Guess we'll pick it up and go home. So Gabby replied uh, and basically said, it's not worth going out there and fighting with them. Everybody should just stay inside and let them spread COVID to each other until they get tired. So I guess... Where I kind of want to take this conversation or what I would like to say in regards to this conversation is that it seems as if, Haven, you're kind of pushing towards maybe we would allow people or maybe we should go out there, D.C. Uh, community and things like that. We should go out there and, like, go against these people. And Gabby is on the flip side of that saying, like, no, we should not be sacrificing ourselves for these white supremacists. So my first question to you both is... What is your, what's your stance on this? Starting with my stance, I've been advocating for the past probably two years now um, for activists and to go out and meet these people in the streets because um, I've been following their movement pretty heavily ever since early 2019. Um, that's when I first got into it and started following people like Robert Evans and um, Socialist Dog Mom on Twitter. Um, these are major mm -hmm. figures who have been on the ground and have been protesting against these people. And a lot of and because of me following them, I've made good friends um, in the Antifa movement. And one thing that I've noticed and have heard from them is that this entire time that this has been building up, 
everyone's always said, stay at home. When they go out, let them, you know, have their riots and their protests, but everybody stay at home. And the problem with that is that it only has allowed these people to escalate. So last night was, I feel like, well, in light of everything that's happening right now, last night I feel was one of the last windows opportunities for communities to come out and meet these people head on and nip it in the bud early. Because what we've seen in other cities is that when there is a large front that meets them, they're not necessarily ready to deal with um, confrontation. You know, a lot of them don't come out like even when you watch what they were doing last night, they were woefully unprepared for military right. um, police tactics and how the police were maneuvering the crowd certain ways. They were literally walking into police traps. Like these are things that they're just not prepared for. And when they're able to just roam free, when the police aren't trying to do anything or anything like that, what they end up doing is attacking random people when there's nobody out there or if there's a small group of Antifa people out there. So you'll see new stories about how there'll be eight or nine of them stomping on one person. That person could be an activist who's actually out there trying to stop them, or it could just be somebody who just got off of their night shift and they're walking home. These people don't care. So my, mm. my stance has been, we need as a community and all of our communities, we need to stand up and meet these people and expel them because what we've seen is that if we don't, then they get emboldened, they get violent. And then when the police get involved, finally, most of the time they're protecting these people. Definitely. So um, what about you, Gabby? I mean, what what's your stance and where do you really, uh, what do you feel in regards to this? I say personally, in normal circumstances, I'll be all for it. You know, we had the Ku Klux Klan and the, uh, who were they, the, was it the Daughters of Son of the Confederacy? Some of the people, they always posting up in Memphis, and whenever they're posting up for something, there's always counter-protesters, and I say that's a good thing, you know. Uh, everybody has a right to protest. We have the right to make sure you're not going to do nothing crazy. Same thing when uh, they were over there during the George Floyd protest, and they was over there trying to, to cause some ruckus. And people came over there, you know, to make sure they weren't starting nothing crazy. In normal circumstances, I, I'd say that's something good. This, this circumstance is different to me in the fact that, first of all, like I said, the biggest threat to us right now is coronavirus, in my opinion. And especially, it depends on who we're telling to go out there. If we're saying all the white leftists need, the young white leftists need to go out there or whatever, I still don't think it's safe, but whatever. But for if, if we're saying that black and brown people need to go out there and risk catching COVID in order to, uh, I guess, do some type of political presentation or something or try to stop that big mob of people, I don't think it's worth it in this in this time. This isn't specifically, we know it's rooted in white supremacy, but they're really mad at um, the government because they think that Trump's supposed to win the election. This isn't like they're coming 
specifically to hound all the black people. But I do think in that instance, if there are some people who want to come, as I said, armed and kind of, you know, in a safe place to just make sure they're not harassing uh, black and brown people or just innocent people, that's cool. But as far as people going down there in droves to just stand, we know they go, they gonna, they want to fight. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody to fight with. They're looking for somebody to get in their face and to spin on and cough on. I don't think in this instance it's the right time or the best time to try to organize around it. My basic thought behind this is that, uh, like you said, Gabby, part of it's that I don't think it is, um, I don't think it's the responsibility of black and brown people to go out there and have to defend the United States in the instance that they've basically, you know, shit on people all this time. Like, the United States has basically shit on black and brown people from the beginning. We all know this, right? So I don't think that we should be taking um, black and brown community in D.C. and putting them out there and being like, oh, well, you guys should be defending the U.S. You should be defending so-and-so-and-so. I don't think we should be doing that. Um, Not only is there COVID, but this is COVID during the time where we don't have Medicare for all. Uh, not only do we not have Medicare for all, but people are freaking struggling and they they still have to go to work. We are still living in a capitalistic society where people still have to go to work, right? So uh, I definitely don't think that we should just be throwing black and brown people out there. On the flip side of that, I do see what Haven is saying in the sense that absolutely, if these people are attacking um, random citizens... They need to go. They need to get up and they need to go. That's my issue is that a lot of people think that it's just white people killing white people and that it'll stop at white people killing white people. And one thing I do want to do is clarify. I'm not asking for people to go out and protect or defend the United States. I am saying that people need to go out and Mm -hmm. defend their own communities. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not if it's the Capitol building. Sure. But D.C. is still a chocolate city gentrified true enough but these people it's not like when they went down in that one little town at that that black there was a black family who had a birthday party and they had like a whole caravan of these people that was one of the first instances of them doing that no one sat there and was like oh i really hope that like all the white leftists come out here and talk to these folk that's too late they're coming into your community they're not waiting like the time for us to just wait for white leftists to get their shit together and become our shields was in Oregon when there's not a lot of us you know that was in fucking Wisconsin Mm -hmm. now they're getting bold now they're getting ready they're they are going to go into any city that they think is a threat Richmond is a black city the capital of Virginia it's a city that I live in that's Mm -hmm. a black city it's not like they just went and stayed in the fan where all the nice little liberals and leftists were. They were they were attacking right, right. black people. So when I say go out there and confront them, you're not just defending the United States. You're defending your own community. So we have a small window to stop them. And if we don't, then we're going to be on a trajectory where it's no matter if you stay home or not, the fight is going to come to you. And either you're going to meet them motherfuckers in your front yard or you're going to meet them in your kitchen. But either way... They are going to be here. 
Right. So basically what you're saying is that uh, it's more serious than how the media and even us uh, are really taking Absolutely. it. And we, yeah, we essentially just need to take it more serious than what we really are. Like, aha, it's hilarious. It's funny. But at the same time, like there is something behind this that can essentially harm us. What I'm seeing is we've been having these test runs where everybody's trying to test everyone's heart to see how much they're in it and how much they're willing to go. Like if they're really willing to bleed and eventually all those people are going to start disappearing and all you're going to have left are the people who are really about this shit. And, and you have groups like the Boogaloo movement. You have groups like the proud boys who are trying to make a stake in the fact that they have people who are definitely willing and ready to do these things and there's been years of conversation and organizing and indoctrination and recruitment on that side of the fight. And they are talking about attacking people. They are planning how to attack neighborhoods. And even when you decide that you guys are safe to go outside and do your peaceful protests, they are talking about how they're going to infiltrate those peaceful protests to do harm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is way deeper than a bunch of angry white people who just want Donald Trump as president is what I'm saying. And way more dangerous. Right, yeah. And, and yeah. And, and one of the reasons that it's, it's even more dangerous is because while white supremacy and white genocide and all that shit naive is the, the, the root of it all. They've also been able to get a coalition around people who probably don't resonate all the way with that white supremacist uh, rhetoric, but they've been able to integrate politics, religion. They've been able to integrate the QAnon stuff. So now you get people that I know personally who supported this not knowing that it was a front for this white supremacist BS, but that's how they've been able to integrate people and uh, go help them go down the pipeline. So I definitely see that it's the seriousness of it for me right now, especially like tonight. No, but if, if you're saying that there needs to be a more organized effort around, okay, everybody taking arms, everybody uh, buying weapons, everybody stocking up, everybody, if we know that, and, uh, not Antifa, but the Proud Boys or whoever is coming into town will have a, a team of people that are ready to just patrol and make sure they're not doing nothing crazy. I definitely think that that's something. We know now that, I mean, we already knew this, they have the police on their side, they have armed forces, they have government officials on their side, I personally don't think that us as just leftists or whoever anti-fascists will be big enough and strong enough to to squash this big of a a movement. Because, I mean, I don't think so. It's going to take either um, legislation, which I don't know if they're going to do nothing, or something because... it's not going to take. They are it's everywhere. not going to take leg- legislation. When, what what happened the last time we we tried to def- defeat fascism? We went to war. Yeah. We had to murder people. 
million, hundreds of thousands of Russian soldiers had to die to get rid of them. That's what happens when you wait. Like we have the, we, we've, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does fucking rhyme. And we know what this looks like. We have, like, we have a lot of examples of the direction that it can go. So maybe not, I mean, like tonight, tonight, now it's too late. Now it's like, shit's getting real. There was a line that was definitely crossed when these people um, attacked the Capitol building. Now, the the leader of the Proud Boys, um, I think his name is Enrique Tranquillo, he said that they were going to be, quote unquote, incognito in these protests. So I think a lot of it, and uh, we're already seeing evidence of um, Proud Boys and and, um, white supremacists, right wing extremists who have who have been showing up all throughout these different protests and all this other stuff, faces Mm -hmm. that. If you've been paying attention, you know very well they're there. So he's not lying. They were there incognito and they did help escalate the situation. I mean, but even that. Yeah, let's talk about this because, I mean, obviously, for the love of God, the police. They they just pretty much escorted those folks up in there. Yes. Right. Because I'm not even going to compare like if it was black, but if it was anybody if I was just walking around and I'm like, I'm going to go into Nancy Pelosi's office, that would not fly. So we know that these people have police officers on their side. Yeah. What can we do to combat police officers with now military, military grade weapons? And they got those little electric shock shields and everything else. It's, I'm not saying it can't be done, but what what would you propose? So for because now we're fighting against the white supremacists. I mean, we're back into the 1930s. Right. This is back 1930s, 1940s type. Well, first, I would like to clear like clear things up because all of this stuff is happening as we're talking. Um, by the mm-hmm. time they got to Nancy Pelosi's office, a woman was already shot. A man had already had a heart attack because of a, a flash bang you know they had already stormed like a lot of things were already happening the original sin of the police was them opening up that gate to let them in right Right. and how i'm seeing it and maybe i'm just in a mood to be gracious but i think that the police because of their relationship and their close relationship with these people and though and those people always backing the blue they think that they're safe you know they think oh well you're not going to be like those blm bastards you're going to listen to me so i can do this no no right. no 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 we i no. think we just saw them yeah, we they saw let, them push they let yeah they in the black but who but we also saw them shoot one of them so you have to reconcile those two facts. You have to reconcile that. It can't be. Yeah, they shot one. Yeah, person. and they they shot indiscriminately between the like through the door. So it's like they think that they are woefully underestimating this movement and this group, and they think that they are on their side. So it's like, sure, I can. They can allow for all kinds of crazy fuck shit. Because they think that these are their friends. 
But even the police don't really understand what this movement is calling for and what this movement is going to push towards. They think that they can handle it. It's the same thing with all of these right wing grifters and the Republican politicians who like Louis Gohmert, who just yesterday was talking about, oh, we need violence in the street. Everybody's talking bullshit. Everybody talks a good game until shit gets real. Shit, even even Trump. Right, until... Trump now telling folks to go right, home. But right, because they don't really and, mean it. That's and, what I'm saying. Like, you have all these right. people who want to talk mad shit. Like, it's it's like being in a gang. It's like being in a gang that nobody's gotten shot at yet. Everybody, like, right. I can wear the colors. You know, we're going to be crip walking in the streets and shit. You know, we're going to talk our shit. But then when the guns pop off, that's when you really get to see who the true believers are. I mean, obviously, I'm like, it's like an aha moment, but duh. <laughs> The white supremacist literally just uses use Donald Trump's presidency as a way to just recruit Absolutely. Like, obviously, boom. But we spent all this time talking about Donald Trump behind. And do you think that was intent? Do you think the media is just incompetent? I think that... Because... This, I think the media yeah, is incompetent and greedy. Again, this is just like they are cut from the same cloth as an Alex Jones. They saw money. Mm-hmm. They saw, oh, well, you know, this is ratings and all. They don't think that there are people who are seriously about this fucking life. And in, and right. in, in coupled with that is the indoctrination of white supremacy where we just can't, like the media just cannot wrap their mind around white men and women wanting to do harm to people on purpose it always got to be some fucking checkered past or he went through a divorce or he has mental issues and it's like no you know these are we're the media is not grappling with what they're playing with they don't know the monster they think they playing with a kitten when they really got a fucking tiger on their hands they said that uh, it has now essentially, the Capitol is now secure, apparently. I don't know how true that is, but that's just what I'm seeing on Twitter uh, and what's in the news that's happening on the news and stuff. And I do think it's kind of important that we talk about um, this conversation because, uh, Haven, you were saying things like, you know, um, that it, it is really going to go ahead and infiltrate us, in this rhetoric and things like that. And we're already kind of seeing that, right? We're seeing that in our homes with uh, Fox News and uh, with pastors who are um, validating this and laughing that Trump, you know, lost the election. We're seeing this in our parents who are quoting QAnon stuff Mm -hmm. and conspiracy stuff about uh, children being eaten in blood Mm -hmm. um, in our own homes. And, like, I know that, like, I guess in in my brain, like, I don't live with my parents, and I don't really speak with them in regards to politics or anything like that because I just don't mess with them. But I guess for, for my own self, I just look at it, and it's just, like, it's it's sad. It's depressing um, to see something like this happening in my friends' parents, uh, in some of my partner's parents, um, and, and just see that they are really, you know, taking taking this rhetoric in their own form through um, Christianity mm-hmm. and through their own religious views. And I guess I'm just kind of curious from, from you guys' perspective, like, yes, it may not be right there in your face, hey, I hate black people, or hey, I am a white supremacist, 
But are you also seeing that same rhetoric in your homes where you're seeing people that you loved or that you had cared for before who were taking those same talking points um, from people like Fox News or Newsmax and, and stuff like that? And what are you doing yourself to kind of combat that? And you can go first, Gabby, if you want. Okay. I was going to make a point about something, but I guess we'll talk about this. Um, yes, absolutely, for sure. And like I said, it's a, you know, we talk about the, the PewDiePie pipeline on YouTube for, like, the, the young gamers or whatever, but there's definitely an evangelical pipeline at this point where folks start out just being regular, regular, conservative evangelicals, and then it just slowly, like, as this year just continued to go, it started to become, you know, the COVID, the mass thing, you know, they're trying to make it like communist Russia, not communist Russia, communist China. And then from the mass thing, we get um, just on and on to the election is being stolen, to everybody's a pedophile, to these people are eating babies, to com- the, the communist Chinese people are in America right now uh, uh, adjusting election polls and um, about to come and take everybody's house. So it's this has been... Uh, interesting. This is going to be an interesting section in the history books because this is the quickest that I have seen just a, a radicalization of such a huge amount of people in like the course of less than a year. But absolutely, my dad, I've, I've been talking about him forever, Sean Hannity, uh, Russ Limbaugh, they're his guys, and eventually he isn't all the way down the QAnon train but he's definitely about three-quarters of the way there. My mom is all the way in that joint. Like, literally. She wanted to go to the doggone Capitol. And that's how I knew that the Capitol thing was happening. She was talking about this like three weeks ago. So, yeah. It, and it, it's... At this point, all I can do is... I, I fight and I debate when I can... But ultimately, it's just going to have to run its course uh, because it's, it's gotten so deep into these folks' heads and they, they combine it with religion and they combine it with fear and they combine it with xenophobia to the point where they folks can't even think critically anymore. It's like it's impaired part of their brains. So it's all we can do is just kind of educate people as we can. I'm trying to figure out how to put an ad block on on the phones and block Fox News from the TVs. But, uh, hey, that, that's where I'm at. If I digress, you can go as far back as Rush Limbaugh and all and Mike or Cernovich and all of them. They were priming mm. these people to, to see things in a certain way. And at the time, it was for monetary gain. They would prime them to yeah. do this so that they can, like, sell them some bullshit fucking protein or you know, whatever right. the fuck, right. you know, so you had that, but now you have Facebook, which is a very mm-hmm. strong radicalizing tool. And what I'm seeing yep. is that how Facebook has been used abroad is also infecting how it's being used at home. So the same way that mm-hmm. places like Myanmar have far right extremists infiltrating and um, radicalizing people so that they can murder the Rohingya that tactic is the same song and dance at home where they're infiltrating and spreading memes and misinformation and all this other stuff like the whole 
children are being eaten and raped and there's a whole cabal right. kind of shit. Like all of that is happening and we've kind of allowed it to, because for the most part, when we could have addressed it, it was innocent. It's like, Oh, you know, you're just share. You're just being my fucked up wacky uncle or crazy wacky mom who just thinks that, you know, there's lizard people, you know? And right. then it's now it's getting a little bit real and it's harder to penetrate those people because I mean, any, anybody who believes in a conspiracy theory, it's hard to disprove the conspiracy theory. It's meant to stand on, it's a table that's meant to stand on no legs. So if you try right. to dismantle the legs, you're just going to find more things to get stuck in, you know, and appealing to people's like, okay, I see that you are in the sunken place or I see you're in the matrix right now, mm -hmm. motherfuckers. So let me just see, can I connect can I like connect the dots of what you feel is right, what you think is right? And then if I can show you how this doesn't jive, will that help? You know, how does this disconnect you from it? But I think, you know, you can't rationalize people out of things that they didn't come into rationally. But that's the thing. And, and that's why I've stopped yeah. because like it, when it started with, the whole, like, even all of these people that's even thinking that the election was stolen, mm -hmm. it started with Sydney Powell. Mm -hmm. She has yet to bring any evidence anywhere. And when Tucker Carlson said, she called me, or they called me, tried to get in contact with me, and I said, absolutely, you can come on the show. Just give me some evidence. Give me the papers. Give me the, the video. Give me... They had nothing. He says they're on the show and they was willing to cancel him and they were like attacking mm -hmm. him for just saying that the woman didn't have evidence. Lou Dobbs, whatever his mm -hmm. name is. This lady has made a career from the jump ever since the election ended. And these people can't give you any, they, the, the, the supporters can't give you any evidence. All they can say is somebody saw something. They can't give you any pictures. They can't give you any documents. Nothing. So for myself in my own head, I had to say, these people are not navigating from a place of reason. <laughs> Let me stop trying to reason. And so I have. But now the, the, the question has to be, this is what KT wanted to ask, is leftists, okay, we know when they come up in the streets, we have to be willing to protect and defend ourselves all that's good. But as far as on the cyberspace, with our interpersonal relationships, with our friends, our co-workers, what can leftists do to help deprogram people who may be up in it and to help deter people from getting into it? No, I, I was going to say that making them look ridiculous helps. You know, like mm -hmm. making them look like dumbass. And not just dumbasses, but weaklings. You know, like a lot of, the, there's a lot of, you know, bravado behind a lot of these people. If you kind of just make fun of them, it makes it less cool. That elicits the same type of emotional reaction or it hits the same parts of the brain that are hit when they are getting emotional about, you know, falling deeper into that hole. Um, See, do you think that the media needs to change the way that it, that it, uh, you know, delivers media? It's going to be extreme. I think that the media should be nationalized first and foremost. I think that 
Okay. Um, I think that almost all cable news needs to be dismantled and blocked. Yep. Like, <laughs> I do. Like, that's how I feel about the media because there is no, the media is not going to do anything that's going to help to lessen this problem. They're only going to make it worse. Right. And for views. Yes, for views and for I money. Mean, I, yeah. I look at Stephen Miller as a perfect example of the whole transition into this Stephen miller got a lot of his start in in right-wing radio herman cain put mm-hmm. him on his show and all this other stuff this guy went from being a fanboy of right-wing radio and they constantly gave him a platform and a place to be and it's the same thing that turning point usa does is the same thing that ben shapiro mm-hmm. does a lot of these people had platforms and places to say all of this crazy shit Right. And in a in a in an inoculated way where it could be taken seriously. And then now that like yep. just like Stephen Miller, who who bullshitted his way and failed upwards into the White House to be one of the most draconian lawmakers, because that's what he is. He was writing people's policies. He was writing Trump's policies, especially around immigration. He became one of the most draconian individuals in government today all from right-wing media. How can anyone trust CNN about what's happening with QAnon? Again, they don't even know what the fucking iconography looks like. They don't know that somebody put, like they don't, they, they weren't even in the room for the conversation when these white supremacists thought it would be funny to co-opt the okay sign and why that's significant or why Pepe the frog is significant or why, somebody flying the Rhodesian flag is significant. They don't, they don't know about Gamergate. They have not been paying attention to any of this. They only see when it's, when it's time to make money. And that's my question is, yeah, but it's hard for me to believe. It's really hard for me to believe that these white people, these racist ass white people on CNN don't have no connections to these folks that's doing this stuff. I feel like personally <laughs> that they didn't want to report on it because you know they were they were cool with it. Just like you're not going to tell me, like you said, we were talking about the police over there. You're not going to tell me those police were not ready and did not know that those people were planning to storm the Capitol when I just said my mom told me three weeks ago. They was going to storm the Capitol. And then my dad told me yesterday, he said, oh, yeah, there's going to be at least 500,000 people there. If my old parents, just from watching those Newsmax YouTube videos, knew that information, you cannot tell me that these people do not know this information. But for whatever reason, they're not reporting. Just because they just because the police know don't mean that they take it seriously. That's what I mean by them not understand. That's, that, that's what I mean yeah. by them not understanding the company that they're currently keeping. They don't know the monster that they're handling. As far as the media, you have to take class into consideration. Right-wing media knew immediately. Alex Jones, fucking Rush Limbaugh, right. all of them knew. They're in those circles. CNN, MSNBC, the motherfuckers don't know. They live in New York City. They have no, I guarantee the only time they ever see a MAGA motherfucker is on YouTube because somebody else is on the ground. They don't know. They're poor plebeian white people. 
they're white trash. They don't venture into these conversations. They don't even want to be around these people as close as they wanted to get was Richard Spencer. And he had to learn how to wear a suit and get a haircut in order to get to that point. So it's like, Hmm, there's a, there's a element of classism that comes into that where it's like, you know, for one, they don't want to associate with these fucking poor whites. They're disgusting to them. And they also don't take those poor whites seriously because they're white people. And how bad can white people really that's, be? That's what I'm thinking is going down to. Right. Because if it was, now, now I'm going to the if it was the blacks. <laughs> if it was the blacks who said, we're going to storm the Capitol tomorrow. And they were getting thousands and tens of thousands of views on YouTube. You not telling me that that day the mayor, whoever, wouldn't have the National Guard. When we were in Memphis, all we did was, what did we do? What? Uh, when, I, when all those National Guards showed up in Memphis. At oh, all we were doing was uh, basically walking. We literally, we literally just walked. walked around the FedEx <laughs> Forum, walked around Bill Street. It was a lot of people, but, but they walked. had vans full of National Guards. You would have thought we were getting ready to storm the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. You would have thought we had guns and bombs and everything else. So <laughs> you're saying, my point is, you're saying they don't take it seriously. I'm saying they're complacent. I, but, but those two things aren't mutually exclusive. They can be complacent, sure. But also, this is the name of the... And this is something that I'm trying to... I'm starting to try to combat in leftist spaces. Is this... Like, people do make this comparison of if it were black. And it's like, we know. Like, we know. We get it. The hypocrisy is there. The thing is, is that the fact of the matter is, is that you are... If you were just an... If you were a regular black person that was saying... It's the rhetoric. It's who you're trying to free. It's who you're trying to liberate. It's who you're trying to protect. Right, right, That's right. what matters. Mm-hmm. And if any time you go up against the state, they're automatically going to be worse to you. We had this example several years ago during the Obama administration when it came to the Bundys taking over that oh, yeah. federal that land as opposed to the Dapple protesters. That should happen in the mm-hmm. same year. We know that the... They are going to be complacent when it comes to people who are for authoritarianism, because at some point they know they're all in the same. They're cut from the same cloth. The disagreement amongst them is severity. It's it's a disagreement among mm-hmm. degree. You know what I'm saying? But if you're exactly. a leftist, yep. and I mean like a not like a liberal leftist, not like one of the leftists that thinks that they can fix things within the system, but a true leftist that is trying to attack and address material conditions directly, we have historical proof that they will always crack down on you more. Like they burnt, they bombed the the move organization in Philly. Yep. Okay. Like this is, Mm -hmm. so I feel like leftists of this generation have forgotten. They think that they're on a fair playing field. And it's kind of like this thing where it's like, I get that you're mad that the your evil stepsisters get to do whatever the fuck they want, but you are Cinderella. Like, that's the fact of the matter. You are always Cinderella. Now, either you can fucking handle this, like, instead of being in denial of the fact that you get a shitty end of the stick, you need to actually address it and, and, uh, and like, act accordingly. 
You know what I'm saying? Shea Guevara was not sitting here like, oh, man, those fucking Batista guys, you know, in Cuba, they get to do whatever the fuck they want. But here we are trying to like, no, they never did that. It was like, oh, okay. Okay, you want to use the millet to, like, I can't protest in the street. I can't come to you in the city. Then we're going to start moving this shit into the jungle and make you come to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm tired of fucking protesting and fighting and begging for AOC or Chuck Schumer or any of these motherfuckers in D.C. to do something. And when I, if I know that my the person, the kid that lives down the street from me can't go to school because the city refuses to send a bus... I'm going to see how I can do a bus pool. I'm going to see how I can change the material conditions. And I guarantee you, I can get, you can get their attention a lot faster doing that because you're removing the need for government. You're removing the carrot that they use to get everybody to fall in line. That's the thing. And that, that's one of the, um, you know, the intimidations of the Black Panther Party. I'm almost finished. The Black Panther Party and like the movement organizations and stuff like that. They were do, they were about doing things on your own self determination. Right. We don't need the government necessarily. And that that's an interesting point, and that's something we need to think about as well. Because um, you know, we still we still think that we can. Well, if we just get some good people on the local level, we can make some changes. Yeah. But we've it's seen, still, we've seen, it's not going to work. It's still um, very much individualistic mm-hmm. as opposed to community-based. Mm-hmm. And um, putting, you know, one person into Congress or putting this this squad into into Congress, it doesn't help. What's up, everybody? This is Gabby. Uh, this was part one of our conversation with Haven, part two will be out next week. We'll be discussing misogyny and leftist spaces, misogyny in the Black Panther Party and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah. But I thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, make sure you hit us up on our social media at Building Our PWR, KT at KT underscore does art, and Gabby at Gabby's Music. Hit up Haven on her Twitter at Haven the Haitian and her podcast at Where It Counts. Thank you guys again. Make sure you share this episode and uh, we're out.